Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sit Down with Sibs, uh, where each week I sit down with some of South Africa's most well-known and recognizable faces. This week, um, I'm blessed and my job is a little bit easier because I've got <laughs> a veteran of the radio game, Carl Kassim, here with me today. What's happening, bro? Uh, how are you doing, dude? Good to be here this morning. Yeah, thank you so much for also doing this at such short notice. Anytime, anytime. Really the Mother City welcomes me every week. How long How long are you done for? I fly back home tomorrow, sadly. Okay. Yeah. But you, you're always up and down, hey? I'm here once a week. I love Cape Town's got this little hold on me. Like every mm. week, it just brings me back. Yeah. Like I try to get away, and then like even when I think okay, I'm not performing here this week, someone phones me. We need you for a gig in Cape Town. So yeah. every week I'm back. People think I live here. Does not get exhausting? Just the constant sort of back and forth between. Just I, I would describe it as to how you would jump into an Uber. I jump onto flights these days. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I don't. It doesn't. It, it really doesn't phase me. Like people, I flew down with my best mate yesterday, mm. and. Uh, he didn't sleep the whole flight, whereas I, the minute I got on the flights, I was fast asleep. Yeah. And when we got, got arrived, straight to the hotel and just carried off my day. It's just like, yeah. it, it's become normal. Yeah, getting yeah. on flights, jumping off, getting to the gig, waking up at 4 a.m. You know, it's just, it's normal. Yeah, I found it very weird uh, flying at the moment because obviously because of COVID. I've the been restrictions. Fly, and the restrictions is very odd. And like I, I, going to the airport, everyone's constantly always like spaced out. I don't get that. Then and you get on the flights and then you're like jammed and then you've got this baby mama with a child and you like, hello, hi. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I can't actually wait for this to change. So what are you up to these days? You Are you mainly focusing on your 5M DJing or is your DJ on the side sort of? Bro, I'm focused on everything right now because the dynamics of the entertainment industry have completely changed. Yeah, um, the roles have all changed. The roles have reversed. Um, I've now gone from not just being an artist, but becoming uh, an event coordinator, a promoter, an agent. I've done everything's like it's all in one now. Mm. You've had to sort of take take the bull by the horns and be like, if you're gonna get through COVID, you've got to do everything. Yeah, you can't just sit back and be like, okay. I'll wait for that campaign to come in. I will wait for COVID to finish. Yeah, I will wait for that event to book me. I'm now doing a whole bunch of my own events where in the last few years, I stopped doing my own events because I was just getting booked so much. Now I'm doing my own stuff and I'm giving artists a platform to play. How are you finding doing events now? It's, it's very tricky. I've got to abide yeah. by all the different rules. I've got to abide by all the protocols, but we, we're getting past them and we're still giving artists a platform to play. We're giving, um, we're injecting money back into the industry because I mean, it's, it's waitresses, it's barmen, it's bouncers, it's security, it's DJs, it's producers that are all getting an income again, which is not, it's not what we were earning, but uh, it's, it's, it's helping. It's a little bit of cash, it, it goes a long way, yeah, as opposed to us all just sitting at home and waiting for something to happen. Happen, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I also f- I've also found it a big adjustment for me personally as well. Because um, I've come into the entertainment industry during this sort of period, which is very which is tough. Not, not specifically a bad thing because you're coming into the new norm. Yeah. So when it comes out, you're going to be stronger than someone that was here before. That's a good way of looking at it. Certainly, certainly. You're going to be stronger because you're getting thrown straight into the deep end. Yeah. A lot of artists, producers, promoters have all fallen out because they weren't strong enough. Uh, financially, mentally, to get through COVID. If you can get through this right now, you can get through pretty much anything. Yeah. If you can survive as an artist, uh, as anyone in the hospitality entertainment game, you get through this, you're cool, man. Yeah. 
So it's, it's not a bad thing that you're coming in into the deep end. Yeah, my parents you're always... swimming to the shore. Yeah, my parents are, always, are so confused by my decision to actually do it. Because I, I know you also start, followed a similar path that, uh, that I did because I want to check up on that. But um, I studied law at UCT. And then oh, I went, wow. And then six months into my, um, my articles, I decided... No, so you, did, you, did you finish your degree? Um, so I finished my undergrad and then um, I was doing my postgrad um, through UNISA. Yeah. And um, LLB through UNISA. And I stopped that because uh, I was doing it simultaneously whilst doing my articles. Yeah. Long story. But, um, but I stopped that six months in and then my parents just didn't understand why I would leave during a pandemic to go pursue this whole entertainment. Well, route. you got to follow your heart, man. Yeah. You only live one life and you've got to be happy in that life. Yeah. And if law wasn't making you happy, that's exactly what happened to me. I'd, I did studied BCom law at Tux for three years, um, left Tux, went to UNISA to finish. And while I was doing that, I was like, I also started, I went for an articles interview with the firm. My mom had a connection with her friend's husband who owned this massive firm. And he yeah. was like, you can start early with me uh, while you're still finishing at UNISA. And when he was showing me around and the, all the ins and outs, I was like, I can't. I actually can't. I'm still DJing on the side as like a hobby. And um, I, I literally said, you know what? I'd rather be poor for a very long time and work at what I really love. And I left it. And for a whole year, I lied to my parents and told them I was still studying. And I was actually still just playing. Yeah. How, how did they take it when they found out? They were like, what the hell, dude? Are you, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. put them through private school and tux and res and you've had everything now you want to go be a dj and like something hit home one day my mom literally said to me and it, it comes off she she said it's not in a bad way but she was said it in a very honest way when i said i want to be a, a dj um she was like there is only one fresh there's only one roger good there's one gareth cliff and she was saying it like there's not enough space. There's, you know, like there's only certain amount of people make it. And that day I said, well, there's only one Carl Kassim. Yeah. And yeah. I've lived towards that the whole time. I've literally aimed and there is only one Carl Kassim and there will only be one Carl Kassim. There'll be one Sibs. Yeah. And you have to believe in yourself. And I've worked and I've worked and I've been broke and I've been like, I've played the 10 o'clock in the morning set to no one for years. But I'm still working at it, man. Yeah. I'm humbled to be even sitting here being interviewed about what I do. It's yeah. really cool. And who, and who you are. And stuff. You are, how old are you now? I've just turned 32. You've just turned 32. Okay, so I've been yeah. told I look younger, so you know, it has it very well. So if you could go back and sort of, would you have changed your path or are you Not happy all, with the man. path that you've done? Not at all. Okay. I wouldn't change a single thing. The friends I've made along the way, the networks I've built, the relationships I've made, um, also, it's a very tough game. This is a tough game. It's not, it's not a one-day game. It's not an easy game. And I feel I've been working at it for 19 years because I've been DJing since I'm 13. In primary school, I was playing school discos, weddings, 40th corporates. You need all those. Uh, I say, is it 10,000 hours you got to work at your Yeah, craft? it's, uh, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000, yeah. You have to go through all those hours, man. You've got you've to experience the hardships, the tough times, to get to you where you are. Like me headlining Ultra South Africa and playing at Tomorrowland and being on 5FM and doing all these things, I wouldn't be able to do those things if I hadn't gone through that because I wouldn't be strong enough. You probably wouldn't appreciate it as wouldn't much. You wouldn't appreciate as well. it, not at all. You would not appreciate it because it's just given to you. Yeah. I've worked to get each and every one of these things. I've worked even to be at this interview. It's networks I've built with everyone around me. 
that you guys have contacted me to be here. And you need to be a really strong person. You need to have thick skin and you need to be like super focused and, and appreciative of everything mm. coming your way. And that's why I wouldn't change a single thing. How do you stay focused? Because it's, in this industry, uh, what I've noticed, it's very easy to actually get sidetracked. You go to the glitz and glams, you go to the nice big house parties and all that yeah. sort of stuff. How do you manage to still stay on your grind whilst having all those I think external distractions? My most fundamental you? part of my career and what keeps me focused and grounded is uh, my family and God. Mm. I, I'm very family orientated. I'm very spiritual. And I think those are the things that keep me grounded. My career isn't the be all and end all of Carl Kassim. Yeah. Carl Kassim, which most people I would like to hope know is very much a family man. Um, I'm very spiritual. And like my goal is not to be a 40-year-old bachelor headlining Ibiza by myself. It's to be 40 years old with my mansion and my family owning the club in Ibiza. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I I'm very much want to be settled down and have my family and kids and stuff like that. And that's what grounds me. I mean, on a Sunday, I might be headlining a party. I, I run a party every Sunday in Joburg, mm. but I still have family lunch before I go there. You know what I mean? Like, I make time to see my family, my friends. On my birthday, I spent most of my afternoon with my grandparents. Um, and that sort of stuff keeps me grounded because that's the fundamental part of who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Are there are there habits that you like practice as well in addition to that? Mm, uh, like what? In, I don't know. Like in terms of um, I don't know. For instance, is there like a, a ritual that you sort of you do every day or, or things like curry? That? <laughs> a ritual. <of> mine. <laughs> <laughs> I curry for breakfast yesterday. Yeah. Uh, mm, not really, man. I mm. pray every single night before I go to bed. Yeah, because I always and like. I think that sort yeah. of senses me every night. I could have had the longest day on the planet. Yeah, I could have. I might even be intoxicated at the time. Uh, but when I get home, best believe I'm praying, and that yeah. sort of just realigns my day. Mm. And then all the focus and appreciation comes back, and because then you start realizing it's just, it's sort of how people meditate, I suppose. Yeah. Because then you start appreciating what you, you start re-looking at your day and like you start appreciating the friends you have around you, the family you have, the car you drive, the salary you've earned, the clothes you're wearing, the food you ate. Yeah. I think that's sort of, that's if you're, yeah. if you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you why I, I asked that question because one thing that always fascinates me about people that are successful in their field is the sort of rituals they practice. You, have, you know, like you get those people that wake up at 5 a.m. and they yes. go to gym and they do this and they do that. I always like sort of tapping into that and sort of seeing how one I can adjust my life to sort of be better and get the best out of me personally. Yeah. Um, so that was that was why I was asking that. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty much the one thing yeah. that I just do every single day. Yeah. Uh, I think that 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 sort of aligns me every single night. And then even if I've had the worst day or the best day, it puts me back into that position of knowing what's what's going on in my life. And then yeah. the next day I start fresh again. Yeah. And and your typical day is is basically. 5 a.m. in the mornings? My, my oh. typical day is, is a hectic yeah. day. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's usually a lot of meetings, a lot of studio time. Uh, I do rest. People keep asking, they're like, don't you sleep? I was like, you, I sleep, guys. Yeah. I swear I sleep. Yeah. Um, like, I make sure I get my eight hours off. If I'm touring, I'm not going to get that. Like, nah, this weekend, there's no eight hours. But the curfew does help, actually. Mm. <laughs> I, I hate this curfew. It makes no sense to me. Bro, uh, like, it, it's, it's, it's changed me so much because now I'm like a grandfather, whereas, like, for example, last night my gig ended at 11 and everyone else was going to an after party. 
And I was like, no, I'm tired. I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going home. Yeah. Woke up this morning, fresh. And if you, like, you know, back in the day, if you ask anyone, like, we would jolt till four or five in the morning. Yeah. And, and anything from 12 onwards, you always say to me, me and my mates, is that you're just worsening your hangover. As you well. just worsen. Bro, yeah. I can drink so much yeah. now nah, in curfew. But as long as I'm in bed before 12, at 8 o'clock, I'm up and I'm ready to hoi again. Yeah. Performances, podcasts, interviews, radio, production, Joel, run, go to gym. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, the curfew is helping out. I don't know what's going to happen afterwards. I'm going to need like, a sponsorship from Red Bull or something. <laughs> well, I'm actually speaking to them at the moment, so sh- shout out Red Bull. So, so off air, we were just chatting about your your interests. Your uh, you said you're investing in a crypto or looking. There's at a new cryptocurrency that is kicking off in ten days. I don't know much about cryptocurrency okay. or crypto. This is cryptocurrency. It's going to be. It's called Axia. Uh, it's going to literally change the whole world scheme of, of money, man. It's going to be like, you'll have a, a card where you can go Woolworths, you can buy stuff online, um, you can shop anywhere in the world with this new currency. And is it South African-based? Or is it uh, it's international. international. It's international. Not international. There's a South African branch, and I'm going to be one of the ambassadors. So super stoked about that. It's like, they're pulling us and they're pulling like, I, I don't want to say who the other ambassadors are, um, mm. but they're pulling in like, big faces of South Africa to be the forefront of it before it kicks off because it's going to be big. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an exciting thing. Yeah. Crypto is a, it's a, it's such an interesting one. At the moment it's also becoming so, it feels like it's becoming overly saturated. I don't, also don't want to speak about it too much because yeah. I don't know enough about it. I don't know anything about but it. But have you actually ever, ever invested in crypto? No. Nah. No. You know, it's, there's a dip at the moment. Everyone's telling you buy the dip, buy the dip. No, I don't know. Yeah. Like people talk to me about that and I, I kind of switch off. Yeah. I don't know. It's not my... I would say a little bit. It feels like gambling as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like people are like buy and I'm like, why? <laughs> Let's have lunch. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. What other, what other business interests do you sort of have? I know you mentioned you've got the event organizing. Uh, uh, are there any other things? Bro, external takes up most of my time. Mm. Um, they are... Businesses that I, I, I would like to start um, now in COVID and out of COVID. Um, hopefully by the end of this year, I don't know if you know, we've blinked and it's already May, but I'd like to launch my own clothing label. I've been wanting to do for the longest time. And it actually, I got really irritated last week because, so my girlfriend has a, a clothing label, okay? And so she, she runs and it does really well and, and so forth. The other day, a memory popped up on my Facebook of this clothing label that I wanted to start, and it turns out it was seven years ago. And I got so angry with myself. I was like, you were so ready. You were like, you were making the designs, and you had everything. You had gone to the manufacturers. What happened? Uh, what sort of uh, style? Street very style. much how I dress. Oh, uh, very much how you dress. Yeah, very much like the Carl Kassam look, albeit its own label. And I was like, what happened, dude? Seven years has gone past, and you just left it. And I got so irritated and I was like, people do that with their careers, with their jobs, with their families. They're like, mm. I want to be a DJ or a doctor or football player. And you don't put the time and effort in. I saw a quote this week. I can't remember exactly what it said, but they said, the rules are simple. If you're going to start something, finish it. Yeah. And as well as just start as well. Yeah. So you don't start. Yeah. Just, just fin- and start it and finish it, whether it's a success or not, finish it. So I'm going to go back and because I'm very passionate about fashion. And I'd like to start that label. And the cool thing is my girlfriend now has like the, the logistics of manufacturing clothing and getting it out there and selling it and all that. So she, she can 
run it. Yeah. <laughs> and what what does she do? What uh, she's in logistics. It's logistics. Yeah. Exactly. So this is just her side hustle. She doesn't really care that much about it, but she's good yeah. at it. Yeah. Like um, it was quite funny. My brother kept wearing these two-piece outfits that someone had been sending him, and it turns out the same company was trying to get hold of me. But I get so much spam on my phone, I don't see it. And he was getting yeah. these two-piece outfits, and they were really cool. Uh, and he kept telling me it's from Bamboo Ray, it's from Bamboo Ray, and I was like, oh, that's uh, the cool name of a company. Met my girlfriend, started dating, and it. My brother saw and he was like, "You the girl that gives me my clothing?" So like she had been giving my brother clothing before we started dating. It was weird. It's like it's yeah. a small world. Yeah, yeah. You DJ with your brother, don't you? Yeah, we have an alias called Cinnamon. And how's that? How's that going? Bro, we've got so many cool projects happening at the moment. Yeah. In July, we're dropping a record, and, and you are the first to hear about this right now. Oh, no nice. one actually knows about this except for our record label. That's oh, awesome. We are dropping a, a single with Kathy Brown. Now, Kathy Brown is an American diva vocalist. She is an icon in the industry. She's got that, that powerful, soulful gospel voice. Yeah. You know, that strong diva voice. Yeah, I know. She's over, yeah. I reached out to her on Instagram. I sent her a message and she was like, please talk to my management. Got in touch with them. They did some research on me and they were like, we'd love to work with you guys. The vocal's been done. The track's written. We're just busy touching it up and polishing it off. I'm hoping it's going to be a big South African and international hit this summer. To someone who's never written a song in their life, what, how does that process work? What, how does it start and end? Well, you've got to have an idea. You have to have like, what do you want the song for? Do you want it for radio? Do you want it for a club? Do you want it for people chilling? And we usually write music for clubs or for the nightlife industry. Um, And so you you sort of think, okay, what's the idea? Like, where do you want the track to go? Start playing around with some melodies, some drums. And and it actually just comes together. And then Uh, is it quite an easy process to get it onto you, like Apple Music and and Spotify and all that sort of stuff? it's, It's... it's not as hard as it used to be. Yeah. Okay. You need certain accounts. It gets logged. The next day, your stuff is up. Uh, yeah, okay. It used to be a bit more tricky. It's now everything's become quite user-friendly. And how's, how are you finding working with your brother on, on, on this project? Bro, we're loving it. We're so <laughs> amped about it. And it's cool because they're amped about it as well. We're amped. Yeah. Um, we're with Sony Africa. Sony is amped. Mm. Everyone is amped. So it's just flipping exciting. We're also... Uh, nearly finished a, a collab with Kususo, which is a big duo from Durban. They're uh, one of Black Coffee's boys. Like they, they play at all his parties, and we're doing a very cool, more deeper, progressive Afro tech uh, collab with them. Nice, strong spoken word, strong bass lines. So yeah, we've got those two coming out now in June and July. Nice, exciting. Just in time for like the Europe summer. The, the state summer, and then by the time it does its rise mm. in South Africa, it'll mm. be like a hit, or hopefully, touch wood. It'll be a hit. It'll be hit in South Africa, yeah. It's going to kill me seeing European summers and festivals all summer. I'm hoping now. I get to go somewhere. Yeah. But we're also broke at the moment, so who knows. How long do you think it'll be until we, are, we have festivals on this side? Well, they're having all their festivals right now in Europe, so... South Africa is like the curious case of Benjamin Button where everything must be backwards here. So I'm not sure, bro. Yeah. I'm really yeah. not too sure. Yeah, I've, I've missed a good festival, man. I'm I can't wait to yeah. just jump on a stage and see those crowds like, yeah. and the pyro. Like, yeah. I just, I, I wait for that. that yeah. How many times do you play Ultra? All of them. You played so, all of them? Yeah, so how many have we had? Has it been since 24? Sure. 14 or 13? I, uh, I used to sneak into those things underage. I think I was, I was like 16 the first time. 
Whoa, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you guys and you were sneaking into uh, these these parties when yeah. you're underage. Do you know how many girls I've bumped into lately? Mm. And they're like, uh, like so cool still watching you. And like I used to watch you when I was in high school. And I was like, what? Wait. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, no, I'm a 19 now. And yeah. I'm like, but you've been watching me for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you at Nikki Beach yeah. and Truth and VIP room and, and H. Yeah. What? What? And they're like, no, we were like 15. Yeah. I was like, why are you? No, oh, damn. <laughs> Go home. Yeah, yeah. Go home, yeah. man. No, but um, but it's actually funny, man. Everyone always used to say, "Oh, but you, if you start young and go to these things young, you ruin it for yourself later on." But like, I don't really want to be going to Ultra anymore. Now I'm like so tired of going to like big, big concerts. I like very like intimate things. Yeah. Did you see Neon Dreams was here. Um, they were like, a, have you heard of it? Neon mm -hmm. Dreams? There was a Canadian band that's touring. It's actually the first international band I've seen touring in South Africa in like eight, okay. eight in a year. But they had like these very intimate sort of concerts, and like that's sort of my my pace now nowadays. So you talk for a living. So um, I, I talk and I rave for a living. Yeah. So for me, as someone who's an aspiring talker for a living, uh, what sort of tips would you would you give someone up and coming in that sort of space, and especially when you interview someone, what sort of tips and first and foremost, yeah. and then this, no one's ever asked me this, yeah. um, know who you're talking to. Mm. So like, have a little background so you can you know catch them from the side and like bring up random things about me. So like. Kyle, I see you've been running. Like last year, all I did was run during COVID. Yeah. I was like this professional runner. Yeah, I remember there was a funny Instagram story of on Dylan's where he caught you running, running past, past Caprice. Caprice. Yeah. And they pulled me in for a tequila <laughs> and a beer. Yeah. And then I still ran home. Yeah, I saw that. It's like drunk running home. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like have a little bit of insight into them. Yeah. Um, try not... Uh, I mean, my, my personality allows for me to always be humorous with people when I'm chatting to them. So, like, I can find the most serious person and somehow that person will laugh in the interview because I'm silly. I'm a mm. silly person. So, like, just go for the, the, the silly stuff about them. Don't, like, always target the serious stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's... that's. Hmm. Have you ever had any bombed? Have you ever bombed? No. Any of you know, I've never prepared an interview. Oh, you never? Yeah, I've okay. never ever prepared an interview. I've never gone in with cue cards or anything. Even when I've interviewed someone like last year at Ultra, I interviewed Luciano, Camel Fat, Martin Garrix. Uh, at Tomorrowland, I interviewed Roger Sanchez and him. I didn't have one piece of prep. All I did, and the thing is, like, I know what those guys' backgrounds are and stuff. I just went on just to make sure I knew what country they were from. Um, what their actual names are like what is camel fat's real names just did like that went in and you know i played it cool yeah natural mm -hmm. always works yeah yeah like the structured interview is irritating it's very like eh, and it's very eh. contrived sort of thing yeah yeah it's like you're trying to pull water over a rock whereas if you like say something yeah. stupid to them and be like let's chat about that yeah you tell me about that why do you have dangling earring, Carl? Yeah, yeah, Come on, dude. Yeah. You're being weird. Yeah, actually, <laughs> why do you have dangling earring? Because it's cool. It's and I like it. Yeah. And it matches my new silly hairstyle. And mm. I mean, I, the other day, I just, my hair was long, bro. It was up to here. And mm. I just was like, I'm cutting all my hair off. And the guy was like, okay. I was like, take it off. Let's mm. go. Let's put the dangling earring in. Yeah, that's like, cool. Sometimes I'll come home with the nose ring and people are like, why? And I was like, because I felt like getting a nose ring. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm quite keen to get my first tattoo. Uh, you need to, yeah. bro. When did, when did you first get your first? 
See, now that's a cool story. Yeah. This is my first tattoo. 2014, all right? Yeah. It's got my favorite scripture there as well. Yeah. Was it Philippians? Philippians 413. 413, yeah. In 2014, Robin Schultz brought out that Waves. It was such a massive track. Good tune that, time. Um. He came to South Africa to tour at Durban, Cape Town, Johannesburg. Yeah. And he requested that I tour with him. And I was like, that is insane. Like, that's seven years ago, yeah. man. I was 24 or something like that. And I was like, whoa, I'm flying to Robin, Sh- like to go tour with Robin Schultz. And I woke up the one morning and I had no tattoos, never dreamt of a tattoo. I was like, I'm not a tattoo guy. Ugh. And I phoned my, my, he's now my agent at the moment. Back then he was a friend of mine and he had brought me down to, to Cape Town. And I said, I'm going for a tattoo. And he was like, you're not going to get a tattoo. Stop. You're being weird. Yeah. You're Kyle. You're the, the the preppy boy. Like you're the abide by the rules guy. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm gonna get a tattoo whether you come with me or not. And he was like, whatever. I don't believe you. Phoned a friend of mine. I said, where's the tattoo shop in Cape Town? He said, there. I said, I'm going there right now. Walked in. I said, Google a rose. Cool. There's a rose. Okay. There's my scripture right down. Put it right here. Poof. Right there and then. Yeah. And then is it sort of a knock on effect? And then now I have yeah. a sleeve. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's very good. Got this last week. Well, two weeks ago, time is flying. Um, colored this in two weeks ago as well. Got this during COVID. Yeah. So, yeah, I, w- I won't get one here because I've realized I'll look a little bit too gangster. If you have, t- if you have both. I think if I get two sleeves, they'll think like I'm part of a, a gang. <laughs> yeah, want, like, you still want me to like, that's yeah. a bit of like smartness, like, you know, that yeah. one hand behind the back vibes. Yeah. So. What is Philippians uh, 14? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ah, yeah, I've heard that one. I've heard that one. I've heard that one. How, how did you, your family, is your family religious? Yeah. So it started, it started at home and... Yeah, it's, I mean, Sunday school as a kid, uh, church on Sundays. Yeah. I think it's important, because um, I'm not a Bible basher, but I think it's important for each home to have a religion, to have a culture, a spiritual culture, whether you are Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Christian. I think it's very important for a family to have... Um, religious um, morals and values because uh, every religion does have those values like you know meet once a week with your family pray before you eat and I think it's really important to install those into your kids which my parents did yeah Uh, Yeah, I couldn't agree more I I, I had the same I mean I I grew up in a very Catholic Catholic house and every every Sunday we'd go to church and all those sort of things really sort of helped one give you discipline yeah there's discipline there's morals yeah values and i think every child needs that growing up when i look at people now that mm. are not uh religious and they're like let their people children do their own thing yeah. what sort of guidelines do you have about life then? Yeah. how do you find being so openly um religious in a very in a, in a society that's sort of pushing away further and further away from that uh it's kind of scary it, it makes me a little bit worried about the future yeah um but on the other hand, I mean, I'm one person and I have a job to be openly religious and spread love. Mm. And I think in doing that, you always, I mean, I, I see if I put up a, a, a spiritual thing on my stories or on my gram, it doesn't get much traction, but I know people saw it and I'll always get at least one person that will say something like, I needed this today or yeah. thank you for this. And you know what? Even if just one person read that that quote or that scripture or that story 
if it's just one person that and it changed their life, then I'm happy, man. Yeah, I can agree more. I, I often post like motivational stuff. Yeah. And exactly, it's like exactly the same way. No one really uh, comments on it, mm. but that one person will say Just it, that one person that went, you know what? Yeah. I needed this today. Thank you. Yeah. And that's really cool. I think that's, mm. each person has that a job to, to sort of uh, motivate people and, you know, just shed some light. So, yeah. yeah. And um, to, to sidetrack, what are some, some of your plans for the rest of the year? Are you any big plans going forward? I'm going to sleep at some stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my plans for the year. Okay, let's start. Radio is going really cool at the moment. Um, so just concentrating on getting some more cool international interviews. Yeah. Some new artists on the show. Just whilst actually whilst on, on radio, I've got, you've tickled my fancy a little bit on something. Um, how radio is... So there's this notion, because I, sp- I spoke to Gareth Cliff a couple of weeks ago, and when he moved over to Cliff Central, he was like the death of radio. Yes. Um, do you believe that is something that's happening, or do you think radio eventually is going to have to innovate in any way, or do you think that's... Radio is innovating, okay. uh, so you've got to be part of the movement of life. So yeah. it's, I mean, radio is it's all about content. Back in the day, you had to listen to radio because there was no Spotify, there was no Apple Music, there was no podcasts. Yes. So what radio has to do now is be on top of that. So let's separate the Carl Kassam show from radio. The Carl Kassam show on 5FM is the only place you can hear certain music in the country, and that's just full stop. I get promos that no one else gets. I get artists. I mean, my, my, I have Medusa as residence on my show. You can't just go listen to Medusa mix randomly. It comes out that day. It comes onto my show. It's an exclusive. I get promos like... Tonight, I've got tracks on my show that will only come out in two weeks. So, why I'm telling you this is mm. the content you're giving out on radio needs to be ahead of what the podcasts and the Spotify and Apple Music is. Yeah. So, it's how you use it, I suppose. Yeah. It's easier to put the radio on than go get a podcast. Yeah. It's easier to put the radio on than get go to Spotify. So, what content are you putting on the radio? Which It's up to the, the, the broadcasters to make sure that they're giving that content before. How much of a role do you play personally as opposed to your broadcaster in terms of getting listeners onto your platform? Like, because obviously you building your own personal brand. Yeah. Are you very conscious of like, cool, I need to translate people from my Instagram followers into yeah. listeners? And, and yeah, 100%. Like my, my shows, my Instagram, my, my touring all comes back to my, my show, which is, which is really cool because the people that watch me perform other people that listen to my show. Um, and also the people that can't get to the shows. Yeah. I have some weird areas that message in on, on a Saturday evening. Like they, this one lady's from, I can't even, something, 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 something. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the other day I drove through that town. I was like, this place exists. Yeah. It's a one street town. And it's far, bro. It's super far in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, this lady yeah. messages every single week. That's KFM. Saying thanks for the music. And I'm like, those are the people we want to be talking to because they don't have access to Ultra. They yeah. can't go to Caprice. They, they're not going to be at Origin in Durban and stuff like that. So it's those people that really make my heart melt when I'm like, okay, you're tuning in every Saturday because you know what I'm going to give to you. You know exactly the exclusives, yeah. the mixes, the banter that's, that's coming in. So Yeah. No, no, I rate that. That's awesome. And Carl, thank you so much for, for making time, dude. Oh. Um, I really appreciate Anytime, it. Bro. I'll definitely be seeing you a bit later on. Hundred percent. We'll go we, a couple we're gonna, of years. We're gonna rock and roll at Caprice. Yeah, it's awesome. gonna be a vibe. Awesome, man. Yeah, best of luck and thank you for coming. Sweet. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Nice one. <laughs>